Hey, doll. Hey, doll. I'm your host, Paula. And I'm your host, Cynthia. And we are Dolls Dolls and and Doom. Doom. All right, Paula, I've got a new missing persons case for you today. Barbara Bullock was a 55-year-old woman who loved the great outdoors. One of her favorite things to do was to go hiking in Montana's Bitterroot Mountains. And there was this one hiking trail in particular that she especially loved, and that was the hiking trail that led to the Bear Creek Overlook. But unfortunately, this trail is the last place anyone ever saw Barbara Bullock. So this trail is best used from March until October, and it goes through this, you know, open forest with low bushes near Victor, Montana. Now, Barbara was known to spend a lot of time on this trail, and it features a really beautiful view of Bear Creek and the surrounding mountains, and it passes through beautiful fields of wildflowers. She would hike with friends, and she would even go hiking on this trail alone sometimes. Unfortunately, Barbara's husband, Carl, had suffered a heart attack previously, and because of this, he wasn't able to go on these hiking excursions with her. So if she didn't have any buddies who were available to go on a particular day, she wouldn't think twice about going for a hike by herself. Now, the mountains of Montana are no joke. There are all kinds of wild animals, drop-offs, frigid temperatures. Who knows what a person might encounter out there in the woods? And Barbara was very aware of these dangers, especially if she was by herself. So when she would go on these hikes, she would make sure she was always prepared with food and water. And one of the most important things she took with her was a 357 Magnum. On the morning of Wednesday, July 18th, 2007, Barbara volunteered to take a family friend, Jim Ramaker, on a hike to the Bear Creek Overlook. Barbara had originally planned to take both Jim and his girlfriend, Donna Biles, who was Barbara's husband, Carl's cousin. So Donna and Jim lived in California, but they'd come to Montana to visit Carl and Barbara. And this hike was going to be one of the real highlights of their trip. They were both really excited to be able to get up to the Bear Creek Overlook and enjoy the amazing views. And when Barbara offered to take them, they both jumped at the chance to go. Now, Carl was of course disappointed that he wouldn't be able to join the group But instead, he told Barbara that he would make a special dinner for them so that when they got back, something delicious would be waiting for them at home. So Barbara, Donna, and Jim were planning to get up nice and early on Wednesday morning so they could get that early start that hikers love. But when she woke up, Donna wasn't feeling well, and she didn't think it would be a good idea to sign up for such a long, physically demanding day when she was feeling less than 100%. Absolutely. I can't imagine hiking when you don't feel good. Especially like up a mountain. Right. It's not exactly a a flat path. Right. So Barbara and Jim decided to make this trip alone. When they got near the area, Barbara and Jim learned that the road leading to the Bear Creek trailhead was actually closed for repairs. So instead of being able to park right there at the trailhead, they had to park a short distance away and walk through a construction zone to actually get to the trail. Once they reached the trail, Jim would later say that they were able to successfully finish the 2.7 mile hike, that's one way, to the scenic overlook 
located at the very top of the trail. Once they reached the overlook, they decided to take a little break, to sit down for a bit, rest, and have a little snack that they'd taken with them. And while they were enjoying their snack, Barbara and Jim met two other hikers, two men who were already at the overlook with their dog. They made small talk for a few minutes with these two guys. Then they spent about 30 minutes just enjoying the view from the top. Sounds like a great day. It really does. By this time, after they'd finished their snack, they'd looked at the view for a while, it was probably around 11.30 in the morning. And they decided it was time to start heading back down the trail. So Barbara started her descent down. And Jim said that when she was about 20 to 30 feet in front of him on her way down, he decided that he wanted to get in one last look from the top. So he stopped and he turned around in the other direction to take in that gorgeous scenery for just one more minute. He said he probably stopped and stared for about 45 seconds before then turning back around to head back down the mountain. But when he turned around, Barbara was gone. He said, I turned to look at a distant peak off to the west for about a minute with my back to her. And when I turned back to continue heading down, Barbara was nowhere to be seen. Did she slip and fall? That's one of the possible theories. Okay. Obviously, this seems a little strange, right? Yeah. Okay, so she'd literally just been right there in front of him. It wasn't necessarily an immediate cause for concern. Jim at first decided that she must have just kept walking and figured he would catch up to her a little further down the trail. So Jim kept going. But there was still no sign of Barbara. He sped up trying to catch up with her, but he never did. Now this is getting a little weird. Yeah. Jim wasn't familiar with this area, and he definitely wasn't familiar with this trail, and it just seemed really strange that Barbara would have just left him. Yeah, especially without saying anything. Right. And he was only 20 to 30 feet away from her when she disappeared. That's not far. Right. Here's the other thing. Barbara was a really experienced hiker who all of her friends, all of her family say she would have never strayed from this trail. So Jim was obviously really confused when she just seemed to disappear. After a couple minutes of this, he starts to feel like something must be wrong. So he starts yelling out for her. He's calling her name. And he kept calling for her and kept calling for her, but he got no response. So Jim stopped and he listened. This trail was covered in all of these like little rocks and shell type particles. As they walked, the rocks would make a lot of noise crunching under their feet. But when Jim stopped and was quiet to see if he could hear anybody anywhere around him, he heard nothing. Everything was silent. Now, Jim and Barbara had been prepared. They didn't take this hike lightly at all, and one of the things Jim had brought with him was an emergency whistle to use in these types of situations. So he started blowing the whistle, hoping to get Barbara's attention. But again, there was no response. I have a question. Okay. Did she also have a whistle in case she was in trouble? That I don't know. Okay. So at this point, Jim didn't know what was happening or what he should do. But he didn't really have any options other than to just keep traveling down this trail and hoping that he would run into Barbara somewhere on his way down. Jim made it all the way to the trailhead without finding any sign of Barbara. 
So can you imagine how confused and panicked you would be at this point? Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even know what I would do in the middle of nowhere, like with someone literally lost in the wilderness. Right. And you probably don't have any cell reception either. Yeah. I would assume probably not. And I love your idea uh, or your question about did she have a whistle because if she did, this might even be more concerning. Right. Okay. So remember, the road to the trailhead was closed for construction. But Jim saw some of the workers at the construction site, so he stopped and asked them if maybe they had seen a woman matching Barbara's description anywhere coming off that trail. But the workers said no. They hadn't seen a woman on the trail at all. But they did remember seeing two young men accompanied by a black and white dog. Here we go. Obviously, when a man comes down off of a mountain alone, saying that he lost his female companion somewhere up there, people start to worry, right? Yeah, definitely. So one of the construction workers was so concerned that he walked with Jim through the construction zone back to the car, hoping that they would find Barbara together and hoping that maybe she had just somehow made it off the trail without being noticed. But Barbara wasn't there. So what would you do in this situation, Paula? I would try to find somebody with a phone and cell reception. And if I couldn't, I would get my car, go to the nearest place where I could get reception or the police. Right. I think at this point, that's probably what I would do too. Jim decided he must have somehow just passed her on the trail. So he decided she had to be up there. Maybe she got hurt. It didn't make any sense that she could have gotten lost. She was super familiar with the mountains and especially this particular trail. It was her favorite trail. She was on it all the time. She knew this trail like the back of her hand. So Jim decided the only explanation was that he just somehow missed her as he was coming down that mountain. So he decided to hike back up to the trailhead and retrace the path they'd taken to the scenic overlook. So he did so. And the whole way up, he called for her and he looked for her with eagle eyes the entire way up and then the entire way down. And there was still no sign of Barbara anywhere along the trail. On his second trip back down to the construction zone, Jim told the construction workers that he needed help. And this is when he did what you would do. He said Barbara was nowhere to be found. And that's when one of the construction workers let him use a phone so he could call and report Barbara missing. Okay, good. I can see why you would be like, she's got to be back up there. Right. Don't panic yet. She's got to be up there and, and go check one more time. Right. Maybe I just missed her. Right. So the Bear Creek Overlook Trail is located within the Bitterroot National Forest, and that means that the case is in the jurisdiction of the U.S. Forest Rangers. The Rangers launched an immediate search for Barbara. They wasted absolutely zero time. Good. Right? They went up and down the rugged terrain. They completely surrounded the trail on their search for any sign of the missing woman. And while this was happening, one of the rangers called Carl at his home to tell him that his wife had been reported missing. But the ranger also told Carl not to panic. It would be easy for someone to step off the trail and get turned around. And the ranger was pretty confident that the search team would be able to find Barbara pretty quickly. But Carl, on the other hand, knew something was wrong. Again, it didn't make any sense to him that Barbara could have gotten lost. She'd hiked this exact trail dozens of times. She was so familiar with the area. So as soon as he got off the phone with the ranger, he hopped in his car and began the 20 mile drive to the trailhead. And of course, for the entire drive to the mountain, 
He was just hoping that by the time he got there, Barbara would have been found and she would be there waiting for him. But unfortunately, he would have no such luck. Cynthia, it's officially fall. We're getting so close to Halloween. I am so excited. Do you know what you're going to be for Halloween yet? I'm bouncing around a few ideas, but I do know the best place to get your Halloween costume. McCabe's Costumes. Yes, they have such amazing high-quality costumes for the whole family, and they ship right to your door. I love their leggings, too. They're so super soft and come in several really great prints. They're the best way to look cute while staying comfortable. And right now, McCabe's is running a special offer for Dolls and Doom listeners. All you have to do is use the code DOLLS10, that's DOLLS10, for 10% off your purchase. McCabe's Costumes also offers free shipping on all orders over $45. That's awesome. In addition to having the best costumes and festive wear, McCabe's Costumes is also a family-owned business that gives back to the community. They donate costumes to kids in need who would otherwise not have access to one. And if our listeners would like to participate in this awesome cause, they can make a $30 donation directly on their website. McCabe's Costumes will then match every donation they receive. In addition, McCabe's also supported autism causes and their local Shriners Club this year. I love that so much. Because not only are you buying something amazing for yourself, you also can feel good about giving back. And what other costume shop does that? Exactly. So shop for your costumes or festive wear at McCabe's Costumes and feel good about making the world a happier place at the same time. Go right now and get your Halloween costume, festival wear, or comfy leggings at McCabe'sCostumes.com. That's M-C-C-A-B-E-S Costumes.com. When he arrived at the trailhead, after what must have seemed like the longest drive of his life, Carl learned that searchers hadn't found any sign of his wife. Now, no one had any intention on giving up this search for Barbara. The search party actually kept looking for her all night. In fact, rangers brought in several different search and rescue groups, along with search dogs. Helicopters equipped with infrared and thermal devices scanned the area from above. But despite all of these resources, they found nothing to indicate that Barbara was still in the area. So Carl, again, unable to really participate in any of the searches due to his heart condition, waited at the trailhead entrance until around midnight when police finally convinced him to go home and get some rest. Now, at first he fought this idea. As anyone can imagine, it would be very difficult to leave the last known area where your loved one was, and especially when she might still be there. Yeah. But he also knew there was nothing he could really do, and sitting at the trailhead, he wasn't very useful. He figured he would be of more use the next day with a clear head. So he finally did decide to go home for a few hours, but he came back first thing in the morning, and this time he brought with him friends and neighbors who wanted to help in the search effort. That's so nice. Yeah. It says a lot about... The two of them. Right. That people would go out of their way to stop what they're doing and go look for her. Definitely. So at this point, the rangers and the police, and really everyone involved, were able to admit that they were just completely baffled by Barbara's disappearance. Officials with the Ravalli County Sheriff's Office noted that they had no reason to believe that foul play was involved 
because nothing had been found to indicate that Barbara had been involved in any kind of a struggle. There were no drag marks, no blood stains, no shreds of clothing, nothing at all nefarious found on the trail. Okay, so again, this was a mountain in the middle of the Montana wilderness. And searchers started thinking pretty quickly, maybe Barbara was attacked by some kind of an animal. This area was home to bears, mountain lion, and a host of many other types of potentially dangerous wildlife. But officials didn't believe this was the case. Investigators thought that if Barbara had been attacked by an animal in the timeline that Jim had provided, Jim would have heard Barbara cry out. And on top of this, there was no evidence of animal activity along the trail. As an experienced hiker, Barbara knew how to keep an eye out for aggressive animals. And remember, she carried that gun in her backpack. Oh, that's right. So she should have been prepared in the event she ran into one. Yeah, or any kind of trouble. Exactly. Now, when I imagine a person disappearing in a matter of seconds while on the side of the mountain, my mind goes straight to where yours did. What was the first question you asked me? Did she have a whistle? Before that. Oh. <laughs> did she fall? Oh, did she fall? <laughs> that was the first thing you said. Yeah. And that's exactly where my mind went. Did she fall? But Barbara's husband, Carl, said that though Barbara loved the wilderness and she loved nature and being outside and going on these hikes, she was very afraid of heights. And he said there was no way she would have gone anywhere near the side of a cliff or any kind of a drop off. From all the research I've done, there's no mention of any kind of a cliff or a drop-off near where Jim last saw her. Okay. So we know she had started to head down the trail, and he stayed behind at the Overlook. And I imagine the Overlook may have had some type of a drop-off. But when he looked back down the trail, she was gone. So I would think that if the answer was something as simple as she slipped and fell off the side of the mountain... There would be more research to say, she was standing there on the edge of a drop-off, and then when I looked back, she was gone. And also, I'd like to point out that if she did slip and fall, you'd probably hear, like, rocks crumbling and, like, a scream or a help or whatever. Right. Like, if someone's standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and then you turn around and they're gone... Mm, it's not going to be a silent fall. <laughs> right. And also, you'll probably be able to realize what happened pretty quickly exactly so i'm just thinking she probably wasn't anywhere near any major cliffs if she did fall off the side of the mountain i'm gonna have to assume she didn't do it during those 45 seconds that jim was 20 feet away now obviously as the last person to see barbara jim was immediately looked at as a potential person of interest of course and he was interrogated rather vigorously but throughout the entire investigation and even today he has always cooperated fully, and he even volunteered to take a polygraph as a way to confirm his account of what happened. So despite his story being pretty out there, and that is pretty out there that, you know, he just turned around and she was gone. Right. And there's no trace. Right. F 40 seconds, she was 30 feet away in less than a minute. Poof. Disappeared. Right. That's, that's a weird story. It is. But officials eventually came to the conclusion that... Jim had nothing to do with Barbara's disappearance. Now, the physical search for Barbara continued for the next two weeks. Volunteers and professional search and rescue groups completed grid searches of the mountain, but they still found no trace of the missing woman. As in, searchers were, like, never able to even find any evidence whatsoever that Barbara was ever even on the mountain that day. 
So after two weeks of searching, officials announced that they were stopping the physical search, but the investigation into Barbara's disappearance would continue. So three weeks after Barbara went missing, the Rivoli County Sheriff's Office announced that it was offering a $5,000 reward for any information leading to Barbara's whereabouts. And over the coming days and weeks, a number of tips were called in, including, and I thought this was interesting and I wish I had more information. There were several people who called in saying they believed Barbara had been abducted by some phantom mountain man that lived in the area. Oh, Sasquatch, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wish I had more information on that because that's interesting. That's really funny. Several of those tips came in. Okay. But none of them, unfortunately, brought investigators any closer to finding Barbara. So remember how when Jim and Barbara made it to the top of the Overlook, they ran into those two men and their dog? Yes, I was wondering if we we're going to come back around to them. We are. Investigators, obviously, really wanted to talk to these two young men who had been seen on the trail that day and even talked to Jim and Barbara right before Barbara disappeared. So in an effort to get these two witnesses to come forward, investigators stressed that the men were not considered suspects in Barbara's disappearance. They were only considered potential witnesses and detectives wanted to talk to them about what they may have seen on the trail that day. Now they never said it out loud, but I'm sure in the back of the investigators' minds, they were very aware that these two men were the only persons besides Jim who could verify that Barbara had actually been on the trail when she went missing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What if she was never there? Right. That's what I was starting to wonder. Right. Now, both Jim and several of the construction workers had been able to provide police with descriptions of the two men. So we know they were there. Okay. And these descriptions were released to the public along with a sketch. The men were described as being in their early 20s. One had dark hair and dark skin while the other had light skin and reddish hair. Both of the men were clean cut and had athletic builds, and they had been hiking with a mixed breed dog that resembled, to me it resembled a golden retriever with floppy ears, only it was black with oh, white markings. Cutie. I know, it was, it was cute. So the men were said to have departed the area in a light colored SUV, possibly a Chevrolet Blazer that had a Montana license plate with a Missoula County sticker. So police believed that these two guys were likely local to the area. And despite the fact that detailed descriptions of the two men were published in local newspapers, no one came forward to identify either of them. To me, that's interesting. I'm sure in the area, I'd never heard of this case until I started researching it, but I'm sure in the area it was probably well known. And if you were out there hiking that day and then you saw that someone else who was hiking that day disappeared and you had nothing to do with it i don't know why you wouldn't come forward right so to me that's interesting yeah. did, did they not come forward for a reason well when the summer passed by and they were no closer to finding barbara than they were on the day she disappeared barbara's family announced that they were offering a ten thousand dollar reward for information leading to the identification of these two potential witnesses but even with the new incentive, these witnesses still remain unknown. Wow, still today? Today. Wow. Which, again, pretty fishy, right? Yes. We very. know they were there. Jim didn't make them up because the construction workers saw them too. Right. 
but why haven't they come forward? Exactly. Have they just not heard of the case? Do they just not know that they're being looked for? Yeah, how do you not know? I have a hard time, given that, you know, investigators think they were local, I have a hard time thinking that they don't know they're being looked for. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking, too. Right. So that's the story of Barbara's disappearance. Okay. So let's discuss a couple of the different theories. So the first is that maybe Barbara disappeared on purpose. After months of no news, some people began to wonder if Barbara had maybe staged her disappearance so that she could start a new life somewhere else. Now, her family and friends were absolutely adamant that Barbara never would have done anything like that. In fact, she left her house that morning without any of her belongings. She left with no money, no ID, no passport. Her clothing and all other personal items remained at her home. Okay, then, yeah, I don't think that's a likely scenario. Or it would be hard to disappear with nothing. Right, unless you had pre-stashed a bag somewhere, but I don't know, I kind of feel like that's reaching. Was she in a happy marriage? From all accounts, it seemed like she was. Okay. In addition to not taking anything with her, Barbara was reported as having been very happy with her life, and she'd started taking flying lessons recently, cool. and she was working towards becoming a private pilot. She and Carl were scheduled to take a cruise to the Mexican Riviera that fall. She just had a lot to be excited about. Yeah. I don't see why she'd want to leave that life. Right. Me neither. On top of that, us animal lovers can probably all relate to that. She had a dog and a cat, and she adored both of them. So her friends and family also said she would have never have just up and left without her pets. To support the fact that Barbara didn't just pick up and start a new life... Barbara isn't the only person who has seemingly vanished without a trace from a national park. Apparently, there are many other cases where people have suddenly just disappeared while just a few feet away from other people, and most of them have never been found. That is so weird and scary. So weird. And it's hard to imagine. And this literally just popped in my head. My sister and I were Cades Cove up in Tennessee. Okay. There were people everywhere. We took a few steps off of the main trail and just sat along the river to have a little picnic lunch. Nice. Love it. Yes. There was literally a forest ranger 200 feet from us on okay. the main trail. That's how close we were. Mm -hmm. People all around us. While we're sitting looking at the river, eating our tuna fish, I turn around and there's a black bear <gasps> less than 10 feet from us walking towards us. He wants our lunch. Yeah. I panic and don't move. I can't even tell my sister there's a bear behind us. She sees the look on my face, turns around, sees the bear. She takes over the situation and scares him off and everything's fine. And I'm telling you, nobody saw that oh. bear until he ran across the main trail. Yeah. People were everywhere. And I was just like, how did nobody see him except for the two of us when there were people everywhere? Right. So, so I say all that to say that it, I guess it is possible in a scenario like that with all the trees and just with all that stuff that someone could be just a few feet away from you and in the right circumstance they disappear you you can't see them right another theory was foul play jim was a family acquaintance you remember he was dating carl's cousin maybe he made sexual advances on barbara on the hike and maybe there was a struggle and he killed her but the alibi for such an attack seems pretty weak Perhaps the hiking disappearance was a cover-up and Carl and Carl's cousin and Jim, maybe they all know what happened to her and this was just a cover-up. Maybe Barbara was abducted and murdered in a random attack on the trail. Maybe those two guys were somehow involved. These are all some of the theories. To me, they all seem a little weak. I don't think Jim or 
Donna or Carl had anything at all to do with Barbara's disappearance. I do think the two guys is a possibility. But even in that scenario, with Jim right there, how did they get her off the trail and her remain quiet? But I do think that's more of a possibility than the people that actually knew her. Yeah, for sure. Me too. My mind probably tends to go to some kind of misadventure. That's what I tend to think. And that is one of the theories. Maybe Barbara stumbled off the path, fell off a cliff. None of her remains or any of her stuff has ever been found. And we talked about this a little bit when we covered the Lost Panama hikers. But depending on the natural terrain of the area, sometimes just stepping a few feet off the trail can cause a person to completely disappear from sight. And if they aren't really paying attention to where they are, they could possibly become disoriented and get lost. I can see that. Add in some wildlife, steep and foresty terrain, sudden drop-offs, and these mountains can become pretty dangerous pretty quickly. To me, that seems like a pretty good possibility. But then why didn't they ever find her? I also kind of wonder if maybe, you know, like she tripped and fell and maybe twisted her ankle, but on the way down she hit her head. And then maybe she was so disoriented that she couldn't remember who she was or what she was doing there and completely ran off in a different direction. Oh, and either succumbed to the environment or is just like lost somewhere not knowing who she is. Right. Like maybe she hit her head to the point where it kind of knocked her out Mm -hmm. and she didn't hear or was seen by the people looking for her. And then by the time she woke up, maybe she succumbed to the elements or a bear or, or someone else that harmed her. Yeah, that's an interesting theory. So while they did want to stick around and help Carl get through this, Jim and Donna eventually did have to return to California. And that left Carl home alone, having to deal with not knowing where his wife was. Right, this poor guy. I know, I feel terrible for him. Now over the years, Jim has always stayed in contact with authorities and authorities maintain that he's always cooperated with their investigation, that he's never been considered a suspect in Barbara's disappearance. Detectives are still to this day trying to locate the two men who were seen hiking with their dog. And to date, no one has ever been able to provide any information leading to their identities. Barbara Bullock was 55 years old when she vanished in 2007. She has brown eyes and red hair, pierced ears. And at the time of her disappearance, she was five feet tall and weighed 115 pounds. She was last seen wearing tan shorts and a pastel colored blouse, and she was carrying a black backpack that held a 357 Magnum. Neither Barbara nor any of her belongings have ever been found. If you have any information about Barbara, please contact the Rivali County Sheriff's Office at 406-375-4005. Okay, so five feet tall. She's petite. She's like you. She's short and petite and makes it even easier for her not to be seen from the trail if she fell or whatever. Correct. Five feet. That's my height, 115 pounds. That's a that's a tiny little person. Yeah, she's petite, so easier for her to not be seen. True. I do imagine that she must have been in good shape to be an avid hiker. Right. If you're experienced in that, you're you're in shape. Right. So what's your gut tell you out of all the potential theories? What do you think? I think it's one of the two possibilities. Either she fell, twisted her ankle, hit her head, and became disoriented and something happened to her. Or it's the two guys grabbed her really quick. And again, if she's small and petite, it's easier to pick her up and grab her and run into the woods. 
I think it's one of those two. Right. My gut tells me the men have something to do with it. Like maybe they came up to her, put a gun to her head, said don't scream, don't make noise, come with us. We know that the men were at the top and that's where they, Jim and Barbara ran into them. They were at the top of the overlook. But we know that Jim and Barbara sat and hung out for 30 minutes and had that snack. I would be really interested in knowing if the two men had already started their descent down the hill and could possibly have been like, waiting for her exactly because if they're still up at the top when she goes disappearing on her way down then i would say they can't really have anything to do with it right so i have to assume that possibly they were on their way down so my gut tells me that that's probably what happened and if not that then she got hurt she fell something caused her but then if that's the case why haven't they found her right and keep in mind a good portion of this trail is low bushes, wildflowers, and stuff like this. So, you know, it's not like a jungle all the way up where, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just feel like it's a little harder to, like, lose a person in that kind of a terrain as opposed to, like, a full-blown jungle. Right. But, Unless you go back to my theory that she fell and hit her head on a rock. And if she's completely lying down, a small, petite girl, you're probably not going to see her. That's true. Yep, I agree. So who knows? That's really interesting. It's sad, but interesting. Really sad, yeah. I would never go hiking alone, but she wasn't even alone. Right. <laughs> she was with she somebody. She was with someone. And if her gun was in the bag, in, on her back, because it's a backpack, it's not really easy to get to. Exactly. That's my thought. She may have had the gun, but that is not easily accessible at all. Right. And with, if someone else was there, he could have grabbed the backpack off of her. I agree. I thought, okay, she's got the gun, but can she get to it? Right. Not easily or, or super quickly, so... That's the story of Barbara. Do you have anything for our Time to Kill segment? I have a creepy urban legend type story <laughs> that I thought, thought I would share. I'm excited. We're getting close to Halloween, yes, so. We are super I, excited. I know, me too. I'm already like, okay, when can we decorate? <laughs> Girl, I've already got stuff up. I know. You, I, I'm <laughs> jealous. You're always so ahead of me. Now I have. To, I'm in the middle of a home reno right now, so I have an excuse. But as soon as that's done, I need some spider webs. Yeah, I went to Joanne Fabrics and got my glow in the dark spider web material. I love it. And then, have you seen my Bath and Body Works Halloween stuff in the bathroom? I did. Love it. I Smells so did. good. Help yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Hey, we're still looking for like a haunted house, a haunted forest, a haunted maze, something like that. Paula and I are hoping this year to go through one, but have reactions be recorded because yeah. we're both total chickens. We love Halloween and we love these real life scary scenarios but put us in a haunted house and screaming crying little babies yeah it would be entertaining for you to watch us it would be hysterical for you to watch us so if you or someone you know has a haunted house that we could go through and do this without other people around us pushing us yes give us please reach out to us yes (laughs) and you and me alone in a house oh oh my god that's even scarier than going with oh no it gives me chills just thinking about it (laughs) i know which is why we really need to do it yeah Hook us up, people. Yes, please. Okay. Time to kill. Okay, so here's the story. It's called Back to Back. This is a scary story about two girls who share a room based on an urban legend. I don't know the exact origin. There were two girls named Kimmy and Suzanne. They had been best friends ever since they started school together. When they went to college, the girls shared a dorm room. Kimmy slept in the top bunk 
and Suzanne slept in the bottom. One day, Kimmy came back from class and Suzanne wasn't in the room. She tried to call her friend, but Suzanne's phone was either out of range or just turned off. She looked around the room and noticed that all of Suzanne's stuff was still there and her suitcase was on top of the dresser. Kimmy began to get worried. She kept sending text messages saying, please call me, and are you okay? But there was no reply. The next morning when Suzanne still hadn't shown up, Kimmy called their friends, but none of them had seen her. She kept calling Suzanne's phone, but there was no answer. Finally, Kimmy sent a message asking, where are you? I'm really worried about you. Please text me back. That night when Kimmy was lying in bed, she received a text message that simply read back to back. Kimmy was stunned. She couldn't understand what the message meant. As she was puzzling over it, she noticed there was a strange, sickly sweet smell in the room. She began to look around, searching for the source of the stench. She pulled things out of the closet, but she couldn't find anything that could be causing the smell. She pulled down Suzanne's suitcase and opened it, but it was empty. Turning around, she looked at Suzanne's bed. With trembling fingers, she reached out and pulled the covers off the bottom bunk, but there was nothing there. Then Kimmy happened to glance up and let out a horrified scream. She found herself face to face with the rotting corpse of Suzanne. <gasps> it turned out that an intruder had broken into their dorm room. Suzanne had accidentally stumbled across him during the robbery. He murdered her and hid her body by strapping it to the underside of the top bunk. Every night the girls had been lying back to back. Oh my God. As soon as she said back to back the first time, I was like, okay, she's somehow, she's in the mattress or something. I didn't think about her being strapped to the, oh, yeah. <laughs> yuck. Uh. Okay. So I'm one of those people who like, when I go to a hotel or something, I have to check under the beds. I have oh, to really? check. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified. There's going to be a corpse somewhere. <laughs> Girl, you would smell it if there was a corpse. Well, not if it was fresh. Yeah. No, I'm a freak. I'm a freak when it comes to that kind of stuff. I used to be so bad before I got married. Every night before bed, I had to literally check every single room, every closet, under every bed, in every corner, in my washer, in my dryer, in my cabinet. Like, I was that bad. And I knew I would never find anything. And most of these places, someone couldn't even fit. But it was almost like, just like part of my... Weird. It's a mental thing. Yeah, it was like, it, I just have to do this before bed. If I don't check, then I can sleep. It was... <laughs> I tend to do that right after I've seen a scary movie, and especially when I lived alone. Yeah, and I did. I lived alone in yeah. a 100-year-old house, and if someone had wanted to get in there, all they'd have to do is, you know what I mean? Like, so I was kind of valid to check. But what was oh, I... Oh, absolutely. You know, what was I going to do if I opened the closet and there was somebody? <laughs> Please leave. Sorry. <laughs> out of my house. I'm just picturing you in your little high voice. Please leave. <laughs> right? We know, we learned from the bear story today. I don't do well in emergency situations. Exactly. You I, freeze. I, I'm a freezer. I probably for sure. would too. I'm such a chicken. Uh, I always thought I'd be one of those who like jumps into action, but nope. When actually in an emergency, I literally like couldn't speak. And it's so good that you were with your sister who's the opposite of you and took action. Completely took action. I'm Completely. so glad you had her with you. Oh yeah. And she had the food packed up. She had the bear gone. I'm still sitting on the ground with, your mouth open. with my mouth open, <laughs> unable to speak. I'm like, sorry I'm laughing, but I can totally picture it. Looking back now, we still laugh about it because it was just like, I just turn around 
she almost thought I was joking because the look on my face and I'm just like looking at something and she turns around and there's a, a freaking bear coming at us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God I was with her. So, well, thank you so much for listening to us, for taking the time to like us, follow us. If you could leave us a comment, a rating, that is really awesome. That's really helpful. We're getting your case recommendations. We're working on those. We've had several come in. We are working on them. Stay tuned. We've got some awesome stuff to bring to you. Yes. And if you go hiking, please wear a whistle. I don't care how experienced you are. Just better safe than sorry. Wear a whistle. And that was a great question, Paula. Because I didn't think, was she wearing a whistle? I don't know. Maybe that was just something he brought with him. But maybe she did, in fact, have one also. Yeah, we have a inflatable canoe, and on there we've got our little vests, and mm -hmm. each one has like a little whistle tied into the, the armpit. That's really smart. So just in case, we have whistles. Yeah. And that's on the lake. Which is also another good place to... Right, if you need help, you need to get someone's attention, a whistle is going to do it. Uh, yeah, especially in Florida with the gators. Absolutely. Ooh. Be aware of your surroundings. That's right, always. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We hope to bring you a new episode every Friday. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.